Geekscapers, we've got a brand new Geekscape coming up. I just want to remind you guys to email me at jonathan at geekscape.net if you've got any questions, comments, anything you want to see on the show. Just throw it at me. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Just search for Geekscape. We're all over that. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at Jonathan London. Um, I think the question that I asked the last couple episodes was, if you guys had any suggestions on how to end the show, so like a little bumper or something to put at the end. And I've gotten some suggestions. Sam Weller's thinking about putting a, a little song together, a little ditty to put at the end of the episodes. That might help. Dave Lasso emailed me and said, why don't you just put me giggling at the end of the episode? <laughs> I, I, I think that would be awful, actually, Dave. Um, and uh, Frank Sandstone Sanders, who... Uh, emailed me and said, why don't you just replay the theme song? And I would just hate to think that you guys, I mean, some of you guys would just be like, wait, is the episode starting back up again? Let me check my iTunes. Did, I, did it jump? What happened here? So, I don't know. Maybe we just taper off. Maybe, maybe the way we've been ending the episodes is the way to be ending the episodes. I mean, what's crazy to me is for five years, I did four Geekscapes a week. Uh, four Geekscapes a month. Uh, a week would kill me. Uh, we did four Geekscapes a month, and we did that for five years. We maybe missed, what, 12, 15 weeks? So for over 200 episodes, we did video. And I was like, all right, let's do audio. It'll be easier. I had no idea how much more fun and how much easier it would be to do these audio ed- uh, episodes. This episode you guys are about to listen to will be episode number 10 for the month of January. So, not just doubling the output, we're multiplying the output by 2.5. It's just been really great, because when I started Geekscape, I just wanted to be able to keep making content with you guys, and I remember talking to Revision 3 when I was like, hey, you know, they wanted to see if I wanted to still do a show for them, and the show I wanted to do was a show where I could just talk to guests, and the thing that they told me was, it'll be too hard to get guests on a weekly basis. I still have the email. (laughs) So, here we are. Not only getting guests on a weekly basis, who knows, we may start getting guests on a daily basis. This has just been too much fun, and I hope you guys are enjoying the eclectic mix of guests. We've had musicians, activists, comedians, actors, writers. Uh, Satine, you know, she was a fetish model who loves Dungeons & Dragons. That was phenomenal. So I hope you guys are telling your friends about Geekscape. I hope you're telling your friends to subscribe to Geekscape, and I hope you guys are really, really loving the the new format, because I couldn't be more excited to be sharing all these new people with you. All right, here's the episode. Enjoy it. Geekscapist, I've got a great guest today. He's no stranger to you guys, though, because he was on a, an episode last year, and then he was a guest at the Geekscape booth this past San Diego Comic-Con. I think, was that your first time at the Geekscape booth? Yeah, it was my first time at this Geekscape booth. Yes, yeah. it was. Um, right. But that was our second year with the Geekscape booth in, uh, at Comic-Con, uh-huh. uh, but we didn't know Doug then, so now we've got Doug Jones back for the <laughs> show, and uh, if you guys are fans of like the Hellboy movies... Then you know Doug. If you loved Pan's Labyrinth and thought that should have won the Best Foreign Film Award <laughs> over the lives of others, that German movie that 
I kept falling asleep during, then then you guys know Doug Jones. Um, Doug is awesome. He's an actor. He's also a mime, and he's here to promote his book. Uh, it's his very first book, right? Yeah. I've never, mime I've very own book. book. Yes, mime very own and book. Now, is it a picture book? Wait, let, a, let me see this thing. I brought, it, I brought a copy with me just for you, yes. Let me see, Doug. Have a look here. It's, it it's is a, a photo book. It is a visual smorgasbord of uh, uh, puns and uh, pop culture making fun of it. Famous works of art that we make fun of, famous people we make fun of, famous yeah, movie posters, TV shows, all kinds of things that, that we slip mime into somehow in a And it's you and your way. other friends? Like, your other friends are, are mimes. Or you are doing a... Uh, <laughs> that's really funny. He's got a, uh, a Terminator-looking thing that says the Miminator, and it's Doug dressed like the Terminator, but he's but, got mime makeup with a mime on. face. And it says... I'll be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is great. Oh, my God. How long did this take? There's so many yes. pages in this We took this thousands thing. of photos. It was a three-day photo shoot that we did. Uh, you did thousands in three days? Yeah, we did. Because there's, like, multiple costume changes. Costume changes, thing. wig changes, uh, uh, and, and camera setups. It was an amazing photo shoot. Uh, and there are two other mimes in here? Two or three uh, other actors? or. Well, if you're familiar with the web series Retarded Policeman, yes, my my dear friend Josh the Ponce Man Perry, he's the Down Syndrome boy who stars in that show. Uh huh. He makes uh, several guest appearances in my very own book. Uh, and but right here, you're on the back. Yeah, there he is. Uh, our collaborators with the book were writer Scott Allen Perry and Adam Mock from Medallion Press. That's our publisher. Mm-hmm. They collaborated with all the most of the ideas in here are theirs. Our photographer, Eric Curtis, took all these stunning photos. It's phenomenal. And Josh the Ponce Man Perry did a visual photo forward of the book. So he's at the, he's at the beginning of the book telling why he loves Doug Jones, which is just precious. He wrote this up himself. They read it back to him and took pictures while he acted it out. <laughs> so, is there a video of that somewhere? Uh, I'm sure there will be. Uh, they're, they're planning to put a video together with behind the scenes, uh, and, and we did mock interviews and the whole thing uh, for the book. Uh, on, the, on a DVD, Mimageddon, right? You just passed there. We also have the little mermime in there. I saw uh, that. You here's, here's you as Jason. <laughs> well, this, this and then is, people having sex in the woods, but well, it's just you with your hands. Right. Under, this so. this is a uh, this is a uh, uh, in our movie and TV section. We did go went through movie genres. Mm-hmm. So so there's a, a multi page section here with movie genres. You got uh, you got romance, horror, then action uh, movie, action, and then action part two, and then uh, zombies. zombies and zombies rising. And then uh, we come to, uh, oh, I think suspense is next, and then finally comedy. And these, these are all just silly acting outs of, uh, of movie genres. But our, our specific um, uh, send-ups of posters and things, we, Jack Nicholson's The Shining, we had it as the miming. And um, the whole you're looking right now at Little Red Miming Hood. Yeah, it's like a storybook. You right, and that's a, that's a multi-page story with uh, me as, as Little Red writing <laughs> Miming Hood. I'm also the big bad wolf, and I'm also the grandma. So... Uh, <laughs> it's a, yeah, it ends Are up. Are you nuts? It ends up with the yeah. I'm mean, out of my mind. You're out of your out mind. Out of my mind. Yeah. Uh, How long here, did it take to plan all these here, out? Here are the three then... blind mimes. Uh, months and months of pre-planning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, Scott Allen Perry and Adam Mock. Uh, they they did lots of pre pre-planning and and charting out exactly how this was going to go. They storyboarded things. They they pulled up original photos of. Because we made fun of, uh, gosh, Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mima Lisa, Venus de Mimelo. They pulled up all these pictures ahead of time so we could, uh, you know, imitate them inch by inch, angle by angle, to recreate this with me as a mime instead. Now, these photos, were these reference photos you guys <laughs> no. had on set, or what are these? This, this section you're looking at right now yeah. is, uh, this is called, I think this is called Mime After Mime. Right. And this would be me standing in line 
uh, waiting for uh, it's a, it's a whole me duplicated several times for several There's pages. There's dozens of you. Yeah, right. Uh, waiting in line to get up to a box office. So we're passing all the movie posters along the wall behind us to get up to this box office. So yeah, it's just a pun of my. Okay, now here's a couple puns here. You've got me holding a llama and a bell. So it's mime a llama ding dong. Get it? Jesus. No, come on, that's funny. Now that's funny. Shut up. And here, this one with the here I'm holding some spices. This would okay. be uh, parsley, sage, rosemary, and come on, mime. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you crack yourself up. There, there's the woolly mammoth. Yes. In yes. A, a, yeah, packed that's in ice. frozen in ice. <laughs> Right. This is insane. It's insane. Did, it's, is this just your mind spilling out or what? Well, this is this is there. Uh, all of us. Uh, uh, oh, th- this one here. I'm lying in a trash bin, and that is a mime is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And here are your your mime zones. We've got the Pacific mime, the Mountain mime, the Central Standard mime, and the Eastern mime. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, no, it's it's ridiculous. And uh, how's the response been to the book? Fantastic so far. The reviews we're getting are great. Uh, it's now selling on like, Amazon.com and also Barnes and Noble and uh, anywhere books are sold. Uh, now, if you're if you're an online shopper, Amazon is offering uh, a, a great forty percent discount. Mm-hmm. It retails for twenty seven dollars, but they're they're uh, they're selling it for fifteen something right now on Amazon.com. That's great. And if you go into it's your, a thick book. I mean, how many pages are there? It's two hundred and forty one pages. Just and, putting it on your coffee table, you and know it's know got I mean? a good weight. And, and here in the back. Is the key to all of the puns page by page in case you don't get it. In case you don't get it. Yeah, yeah there's, exactly. there's like an index in the back, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually has each of them named out uh, with the page number. Yeah. This is great, Doug. It's a great fun, great fun book with all. We do. Oh, there's Mime Kampf. Mm-hmm. That's me at, at standing there as Hitler. And I don't think it's too soon. No. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. And this, this is, a, remember that f- famous statue, The Thinker? Yeah, of course. And we have me as a mime in the same position on a toilet, and that's the stinker. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Come on now. Come on now. This is great. Yeah. And, and, um, and when did you guys put this out? November? <clears throat> no, it just came, just came out two weeks ago. Are you serious? Yeah, it just I thought it was going to come out like it was going to come out before Christmas, but, we, but we, you didn't want to compromise the thing. They, they missed the Christmas window because of a publishing issue with the printer. They, they did some offshore printing somewhere, and the price was quoted to them incorrectly, and so they had to find a new printer. And you know, so, they had but the to book's do, out. But the book's out now, and uh, and it's, it's selling like hotcakes. My very own book. And you had? Did you have these with you this past weekend in New Orleans? I did. I did. And I sold. I sold out of them. You there. were at the New Orleans Comic Con. I was at New uh, Wizard World's New, New, yeah. New Orleans Comic Con. Uh, my gosh, massive amounts of people were there. Really? It was huge, huge turnout. Yeah. You know what freaked me out? I was worried about you because you tweeted. <laughs> Is it Twitter? Oh, Twitter? You, you Twitter'd. Did you get a lot of response for that one? Because you I did. said I got now, a lot of response was, for that. What was the Twitterer? My, my tweet. Like, oh, first of all, my tweet is actor Doug Jones right. at actor Doug Jones, which I love the Twitter. Okay. Saturday night, I tweeted, going out at night in New Orleans reminds me why I don't go out at night in New Orleans. No, that is one. it just because it's creepy? I got a just huge like, response to that I tweet. I was like, well, he's dead. <laughs> Everybody kept... I, I didn't even reach out. The message is like, why bother? Out. He's dead. <laughs> uh, I guess i got to find another guest for Monday. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the, how altruistic I am. <laughs> oh, man, really concerned, but I guess it's too late. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, if it was that serious, he wouldn't be tweeting. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Above yeah. ground. <laughs> I actually I tweeted that after I got back to my hotel. Uh-huh. I'm I'm not a drinker, and New Orleans is all about drunken revelry. Right. And we did dinner that night. A bunch of us from the convention went to a restaurant on Bourbon Street, 
and it was some fine dining, uh, but it was on Bourbon Street. As we came out, the night had been progressing, and all the masses were out, you know, carrying booze around the. Ah, woo! Hey, what's going on? If you woo! don't drink, it's kind of gross. You if know you don't drink, it's just kind of. If you don't drink and you're married, it's really gross. It, which I'm both of those right. things. Right. So, yeah, I, I was like, yeah, with taxi! Mm. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, because uh, yeah. I thought you were like walking along the uh, the, the the above ground like graves, oh, and, right. and stuff like that, being abducted by zombies. I, th- or I literally something. thought you were a victim. Remember that movie Hard Target with John Claude Van Damme with Lance, Ke- yeah. like Henriksen's chasing him through New Orleans, yeah. <laughs> like the bayou. You pictured that. I pictured you running for your life with yeah. Lance Henriksen chasing you. Or did you a, picture? Like a, did you picture an interview with a vampire that also took place in some of maybe, in New Orleans? Yeah, yeah. Why well, I was about to get bitten and changed forever. Yeah, but then you wouldn't be tweeting. Yeah. I, mean, I, I figure, like, in this day and age, if you're being chased by a bunch of people who uh, hunt humans for sport... Do you have time you, you to pull tweet. out your phone? Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I see people twittering and, and, and doing the, the texting while they're crossing the street. No, I know. And that's psychotic to me. No, 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 I can't. I can't. That, that drives me nuts when I, when I see a, a woman by herself in, like, a parking lot. Yeah, going to her car like like with her with her head down. Yeah, or you know with with her just doing thumbing. I'm like, come on. Yeah, we got to pay attention to to the world around us. Don't no, we? no, no. I, I mean that that's why I think the geeks should try and pick up on. Oh, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> Say, like, like, hey, she's hot. Guys, guys, she's... come on, just make an intro. Say something. Put <laughs> <laughs> so your guard down. <laughs> yeah, if she won't see you coming, just go, walk up behind her and make a really sexy voice, and you're already yeah, in. Yeah. The first impression's already behind you. Yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> That's my advice. Hey, come on. Yeah. No, I, I do worry that. Well, she understands gonna... technology, so she's hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, come on, Geek. She's perfect. She's Twitter roaring. <laughs> Uh, that's that's why I would think um, that that's what I worry about is that people people are going to be hit, you know, because they're crossing a street yeah. where there are cars, and the drivers are Twitter roaring too. You probably so you're just going to have this uh, this uh, accident. Maybe my imagination is getting away from me, but I, I worry. And this about is you why you're a, a good bit. writer too. Jonathan. I'm an okay writer. Why, yeah. <laughs> Your imagination's out there, and then this is why we love you. Yeah, but you're the one with the psycho book. I mean, this I book got the is psycho crazy. book. I do. But it, but it's, it's you guys fun. really should see this. It's funny. It's funny. Punny psycho. It's mm-hmm. a, it's uh, what it. You know, can I tell and you? You know what? When you were telling me about this book this summer, and you had mm-hmm. the, the 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 postcards for the book uh-huh, at right. Comic Con, I I was like, this is you know, this is gonna be a really nice book. It's gonna be forty dollars. It's gonna be fifty forty dollars. Yeah. Well, I well, didn't know that it was $27 until you just mentioned that. Right. And then That's and, a really nice... And, and, you then, get it for 15. and then on Amazon, yeah. you get it for 15 That's, That's great. That's what I'm saying. Well, it's, I think what helps keep the price down is it's paperback. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a hardcover. And, but it's a good, thick paperback. It's got a nice smell to it. And it's got weight. It's like, yeah, it's a book. That's a book. And you know what? Can I tell you? My, and, and geeks don't like the words either. I mean, we, we're they, comic right, book fans. We're, we're visual. Geeks are visual. Yeah. They are. They're, but, but they're very smart people, geeks. They, they understand the words. But, uh, but, it's, but colors and shapes... Move them. My director friend Guillermo del Toro is very, very colors and shapes. Oh, there's the miming there. Yeah, um, I love that. Uh, and I, and I, uh, oh, there's, okay, there's Frank and mime and the bride of Frank and mime. <laughs> Did you see the pun there though? Frank and mime. Yeah. I'm, I'm holding a hot dog in both pictures. <laughs> I'm just saying that's a Frank and a mime. There's mimey vice and there's dirty miming. <laughs> that's really funny. You know what? I, I just I know I'm I'm like late on this, but I just discovered retarded p- police. Oh, did you? Did like you? Two weeks ago. And. Am it's I wrong? Awesome. So anyone out there who doesn't know what we're talking about, go to the YouTube, type what in... What is it? It's like something pictures? What's the, the production company? Mediocre Films. Mediocre Films. That's yeah. it. That's if it. You, if, or that's their channel. Mm-hmm. If you go, but if you type in a search for retarded policeman, you'll, you'll pull up all the videos. And there's like 20-some episodes now, and they're back in production. So they're yeah. making more now. And it, You it, won't it, just get like cops clips, will you? No, 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 no. It's, it's really hilarious. Now, okay, now, here, speaking of, of what I love... Uh, this is the Michael Jackson homage in the middle of the book here. Now, are you a Michael Jackson fan, or are you just like, it's yes. too soon, let's make fun of him? Uh, well, 
Both, because you see, cause, <laughs> because you know, so much can happen with Michael Jackson. We all admired him, loved him, grew up with him, and then he's also mockable. Right. Now, now that he's passed, it's like okay, we're feeling more sentimental, aren't we? But a year's gone by. Right. We're so, good. so it's not too soon. Uh, but no, but for me, uh, I grew. He was two years older than me. Uh, so we were about the same age and growing up together, you know, it, with me watching this kid with his uber fame. And he grew into this tall, lanky young adult that was making something huge of himself. And the way he interacted with fans and the way he, you know, uh, was such a visual performer and a great dancer. And it really put his all out there on the stage. And you both ended up putting white makeup on your face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, only mine washed off. Anyway, uh, so bless his heart. Uh, uh, so... Anyway, he was an inspiration to tall, lanky guys like me to make uh-huh. something of ourselves. And so in the middle of this mind book is an homage to him. And we call this section, Maimasei, Maimasa, Mamakusa, right? Maim, what was that song? What was the song uh, uh, that was in? Maimasei, Maimasa, Mamakusa. Remember that? <laughs> was, no. it, was, it was one of his songs where that, that's repeated. <laughs> but I anyway, knew it. But I knew it. Yeah. Anyway, our writers came up with that idea, and I was like, I knew exactly uh-huh. what they were saying. And it was, There's so, a thriller so cover. Didn't the cover a thriller there uh, with me re- repositioned as Michael? And these are spot on. That's the bad cover there. Mm-hmm. That's from the Smooth Criminal video. Yeah. It would, now, now, is that Photoshop, that, that pose that you're the doing? Lean, no, I, I Because you guys know that lean that Michael Jackson yeah, does. Yeah, the lean in, in the... Criminal yeah, uh, no, we did the lean. Uh, I, 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 I was being supported it? by something. Okay. Off, yeah, I forget. But Cheater. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and that's me doing the moonwalk. Right. Uh, on a two-page spread, and there's like more, more dancing moves that are very signature Michael Jackson-y. I just love... Did loved. you let out a couple... How can you, you, you know, yeah. when you're striking a Michael Jackson pose, you cannot, you can't <laughs> not do, hee-haw, oh, you know, or, hoo-hoo, oh, so good, so bad, you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know? I, um, I, I made a Michael Jackson pun the other day. Uh, my buddy Nick Gregorio, who, who's been on the show a couple of times, he put me in a movie that he directed. Uh, I guess they were doing something with Michael Jackson's kids over the weekend, like a memorial service or something like that. Yes. But he put it on Twitter, and I just couldn't resist. I knew it was the wrong thing to do, but he put... <laughs> He, he wrote on Facebook, a Michael Jackson is remembered fondly. Oh. So, <laughs> so, of course, I left the comment, Michael Jackson is remembered fondly. Bling. Yes. <laughs> How can you resist that? Now, one? you know, it was, it was like, he laid it out there. He, he made put it, it in front of me. Like, like it's, dangling it's, a chocolate in front it, of a it, diabetic. Low hanging, <laughs> low, low hanging fruit. Exactly. Low hanging fruit. That's right, that's the easy ones. Geekscape is you, you want the secret to, to finding a, a girl. Low hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> Come on. And that, that, that just, something to get whole... the, just something to get the, the training wheels back on. And those ladies like all kinds of low hanging stuff. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there, okay? Shut <laughs> <laughs> up. Um, so, Doug, I have a concern about you, your psychological yes. state. In the last year, you've been bringing this stuffed animal with you to shoots. Have you been following me on the Twitter? You have. I've been following you on Twitter, but, but, but here's the thing. You made a Twitter for your stuffed animal. I did. I have what a, is this, a stuffed animal I have animal a dog? stuffed dog named Zeke. Is that because you're allergic to dogs? And I'm allergic to dogs. So I ha- <laughs> right, right, exactly. And because I'm allergic, and everybody knows I'm allergic, I love doggies, though. So uh, 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 a young friend of ours uh, gave me a stuffed dog uh, for Christmas one year. Uh, it was like five, six years ago. Eight years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and the kid who gave him to me it was um, was I, I did a public speaking engagement at a youth group up in Colorado years ago, and he was one of the kids. Uh, he's a pastor's kid, so I got to know their old whole family. And his name is Ezekiel. He gave me this dog, and so I named the dog Zeke. And uh, Zeke travels with me everywhere. He's been all around the world. No, what, what is that all about? What? What? Why? What? Hey, I, I'm I, surprised Zeke's not here. I, I don't take him. 
out in public during the day with me. Okay. He's, he's, my, he's, he's my little snuggle buddy at night. What when the hell's I'm, that about? Come on. Because I'm alone in hotel on. rooms all the time, and I have a stuffed dog that keeps me company. <laughs> Shut up. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> hey, I, I'm, I'll, I'll bet you a dollar that I'm not the only person out there listening right now who, who, who does this. I have had many people come forward and tell me, you know, I've got, I've got my own. <laughs> like, come on. And this dog is comforting. When you spend lots of time in different hotel rooms all over the world and you're not sure where it's like, familiar faces are really key to your psychological Were health. you rushing through New Orleans trying to get back to Zeke? I had to get back to Zeke. <laughs> I missed him. <laughs> no. He, he was in New Orleans. He enjoyed himself. He loves hotel uh, maids. They, they always get along well. Oftentimes a maid will uh, clean up the room and then position him in some cute little pose for me to find when I get back to the oh, room. Are you serious? I'm totally serious. Yeah, yeah. So on, That's on, a lawsuit. Isn't that what that did in France? Trying to <laughs> say that the maid position? They were fondling him, but it's not like they were mauling him in my, in my absence. Like, so, a, so, so they've literally put him in different positions. Like he's an actor. Yeah, yeah. In fact, when I was doing Hellboy Two: The Golden Army, in, oh, this has been going on. Oh, oh shit, you on. were sick. Oh, I've had him forever. This has been going on for, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is, uh, is he uh, have a clause? Is, is he part of a writer or what? Yeah, yeah. They have to make his own trailer and everything <laughs> at, the, at the set. His own masseur. Uh, we, uh, uh, you know, doing Hellboy 2 in Budapest, in Hungary, he and the maids got along really well. Every time I came back from, and I started playing back, though, too. Mm-hmm. One day I left Zeke, uh, Zeke on the bed with a remote control under his paw, and the TV was on. He was, <laughs> he was watching the TV. I came back that night, and he was reading a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and in, uh, in France, when I was doing uh, Gainsbourg, A Heroic Life, a French yeah. movie that I just, uh, just ran, it, it had its U.S. run just a couple months and ago. And you guys should check that movie out. I, I That's a really good film. I haven't, but but I've heard it's awesome. And we used to run, we used to play Serge Gainsbourg, like Je T'aime, on the, on the radio Je all the time. Je mm-hmm. Whenever we would talk about sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, it's know? a because sexy it was song. Banned. It was banned. It was banned. It was so uber sexy. Um. And he so, did that one with Jane Birkin. So yes. when you were in France, what happened? In France, filming uh, Gainsbourg, Gainsbourg, A yeah. Heroic Life, which is the story of his life. I played his alter ego. Anyway, uh, 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 the chambermaids uh, that would take care of the room, would, I would come back, and they loved Zeke, too. Uh, one day, though, near the end of the shoot, after my four months there, uh, I came back, and there was a, a Hotel du Louvre stuffed bear that was sitting next to Zeke with a note from the maids saying they've enjoyed taking care of him so much that they wanted to send him home with a little friend. Is that hilarious? That was awesome. Yeah. Now, do people bust your balls about this? Oh, all the time, as they should. I'm I'm, I'm a 51-year-old man with a stuffed dog that I cannot leave home without. (laughs) Of course course I should get busted for it. What's going on? Now, we were talking before the recording of the show. Why, Why didn't Guillermo throw you a role in Pacific Rim? I that Come would be a quick, I haven't talked to him about He's it. He's the nicest guy too. He was on a line for uh, "Don't Be Afraid of the Dark" at the LA Film Fest last, yeah, last yeah. year. He produced and wrote. And, yeah, and he's and we were talking to Ron Perlman and his buddies and one of the producers of the movie, or maybe the director of the movie. And and, mm-hmm. and the line was just moving along, and he, and, and he skipped over us. And mm-hmm. Brian Walton, who you uh, know, he and I were like, "Wait a minute, we're geeks." Mm-hmm. And Guillermo heard that word, that magic word, yes. and goes, "Wait," <laughs> and he and he. He went backwards in line to talk really? to us. Yeah, because we're geeks, and he, you know, he's a geek, and yeah, no, he is. And he, he, I mean, he can't spurn us. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, no, no. He right. asked to talk to us. That's and, really and, cool. And he said so. You know, he was he was pretty enthusiastic and great, nicest yeah. dude. No, he's the nicest guy, and yeah, and he is truly a geek at heart, and he's a fanboy, and he he likes to make movies that fanboys would lust over because he's one of them, and he knows what they like because he, he makes movies that, that would make him get it what he calls a geek gasm. Who could do a Hellboy three if he's not going to do it? Oh. 
if he w weren't to direct it, who yeah. who do we trust with that? Because I, I don't think Ron Perlman would return. Without, Guillermo, would without return? Guillermo, I don't know that he would. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know, I, I, so can, I can't, so, I so can't speak it. for him. I know. But I know. But that's it. That's I don't it. Know. That's your franchise. Well, Abe Sapien could spin off. Uh, in into in the B comics, he does. He I does, actually love right? the BPRD, BPRD books. And I, also, I read every single one of them. Do you? Of course. And there's also the Abe Sapien uh, uh, series of comics, mm -hmm. too. So yeah, Abe could live on. And there, there's, been, there's been some idle chatter uh, uh, at the studio level and at Dark Horse uh, Entertainment about maybe Abe doing a BPRD movie or TV series, maybe. Uh, that, and then someone else could direct those. Would I you imagine. be interested in that, or is it too I much would, makeup? I would totally be interested in that. Really? Cause, no, because because makeup's got to get to you after a while. Makeup right? gets to you, but Abe Sabian is my favorite costumed character I have ever played in my 26 years of acting. But you love that it's a suit, and really you're just having the hand pieces, the head pieces. Well, every now and then you have the the, the suit off, and you have to do the upper body piece. Uh, well, but, most of it's glued to me. It's just, just let's just get over this. Most right. of it's glued to me, oh. so, so it does become it's sort yeah. of a, it's a makeup, and it takes about five hours to get into his look every day. Uh, but you love it. They would have to streamline that for a TV show, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't pull that off year after year. I would year. just throw blue paint on you. Something, you know, just yeah. walk me through a spray. They or, would think you yeah. were, yeah, they would think you were a Smurf. <laughs> right, but uh, but to do another movie, I would, I would gladly, gladly take on that character again in any form. Yeah, I would, I would totally miss uh, Ron Perlman and Selma Blair, and you know, and, and my gang and Jeffrey Tambor and all that, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, but to, to be Abe again in any format, I would love to. They they did this awesome series. You guys really should be listening. To, uh, you guys who are listening really should be reading the BPRD books. Uh, a friend of mine, John Arcudi, co-writes co -writes them with Mike Mignola. And John Arcudi, literally back in the radio days in college, John was from Philly, and, and uh, going to school in Philly, I was looking around for anybody in Philadelphia I could have on the radio show. And I emailed somebody at Wizard, mm -hmm. like Mike Cotton or somebody, and I said, hey, is there anybody in the Philadelphia area who's a comic book creator or comic book person who I could have on the show? And he sent me back John Arcudi, and John Arcudi and I developed this friendship. He came on the radio, we talked, we developed this friendship where we would go down to like the farmer's market. The co-writer of BPRD, and, and, and at the time he, had, he created The Mask with Doug Mankey and, and Major Bummer, which they just now re-put out into like a really handsome edition. That uh, was a series they did for DC. And we would sit there at the farmer's market and we'd, we would play the asshole game, which is awful. We would pick an entrance mm -hmm. and make up a nickname for, we would alternate making up nicknames for people who walked in the entrance. So they could be nice nicknames, mean nicknames, funny, like, like jerky nicknames. All right. But you couldn't skip a person. So everyone who worked in that, oh. walked in that entrance got a nickname. Right away, yeah. Right? Yeah. And we would just crack ourselves up and talk about stories and writing and stuff. And he was really like the first comic book professional I ever met. And he co-writes BPRD with uh, Mike Mignola. And it's such a strong series with Guy Davis's colors. And mm -hmm. it's just awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I think you guys should... There's this one where... You go to investigate like an old house in Maine, and I say you, and I mean Abe Sapien, but it's really you. Sure. You're synonymous with Aren't character. Aren't you precious? Thank you. And, uh, and there's like this nasty thing growing down in the basement, and it's been killing everybody who comes by looking for it. Uh -huh. And now they're getting so deep with, Doug with, uh, Doug, with Abe, and trying to figure out like where he came from and his origins. Do you know it? His origins from like the late 1800s? Right, that, and that was exposed more recently in, yes. in issues that I have not yes. seen yet. But yes. He's currently in a coma. Yeah. Oh, is he's he? He's currently in a coma. Yes. No. He's currently in a coma wow. Wow. Okay. from getting shot. I got some catching up to do. Yeah, and there's yeah. a there's a complication. So there there, there may be a, a little bit of a change to Doug's to uh, Abe's character. But he, you're right. Hellboy's great, but I don't know something about Abe Sapien. You love it. You know what pissed me off the other day? I was watching TV. This pissed me off, Doug. Okay. Come and on. I know you're going to come to the filmmaking defense, but this pissed me off. <laughs> Fantastic Four two. Okay. And this is what pissed me off about it, right? Like, we all, like, the fanboys agree that it's just not the movie they wanted. 
What pissed me off is that there was a facet of that movie which was perfect. Mm-hmm. What do you think I'm going to say? The portrayal of the Silver Surfer. The Thank Silver you. Surfer. I, 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 but I, I, I was hoping you would <laughs> yeah. say that. No, no, it was the Cloud Galactus. No, the Silver Surfer. This is what pissed me off. The, the Silver Surfer was done the way everyone thought the Silver Surfer should be. Like that is the Silver Surfer on mm-hmm. film. The way it moved, the way it grooved, everything. Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, you brought that thing to life. Then it opens its damn mouth, and Lawrence Fishburne's voice comes out. Okay. I know, I know, I know. We don't want to talk about this. Well, and we got to do the, the the diplomatic thing of saying, but come on, man. Like, well, okay, you're a good voice actor as much as you, you are a mime actor. Like, like, what is this? Well, you think I, Lawrence you. Fishburne got that many more people into the theater because it was his voice coming out of Silver Surfer than yours? I, I, I know you can't. Comment. Personally, I don't think so. I'm uh, just expressing myself. Well, as a I, I'll give you. Boy. I'll give you both both sides of my feelings. Yes, All the right. political, uh, the po- politically correct. Uh, you know, way of, of being diplomatic is yes. The filmmakers, uh, 20th Century Fox, wanted to get butts in seats, and attaching a big star to a role is is a marketing uh, decision that that I'm not right. You know, qualified to make myself. It's fine. And Lawrence Fishburne is great. He's a great actor. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he's great. Uh, but from the uh, personal side, uh, I laid out a performance that, um, uh, you know, when I was on set, delivering all the dialogue myself, and, and my co-stars were responding to me very favorably. I loved my voice. I, I, I affected my lower register down here, and I was talking very commandingly. Uh, but yet, subtly, he doesn't need right. to push much. Well, the surfer doesn't like, have to... You're, he, space, you know, you're a space thing. The surfer has nothing to prove. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so... Getting that kind of positive feedback and feeling really good about my performance, and then, uh, then hearing in the Hollywood Reporter that that's or, how you found out. That's how I found out. In fact, uh, uh, two days after I, I did my, my voiceover looping, my ADR looping for the film, I, I read about it two days later that Lawrence Fishburne was would be voicing over. The first thing you did was was like cash that check, right? Well, <laughs> first the first thing you did was you took that check because well, no. they're like, hey, it's not his voice. We don't yeah, have to pay for his voiceover. Nah, they no, they, they they paid up and. They, they were all respectful to me and everything. It just, uh, but that that was a decision that, again, a marketing thing, that that I am not qualified to comment on. That I know. Um, that, uh, that that was, you know, no actor wants to see part of their performance missing, and uh, and I'm I'm one of those actors. I would like to see my performance stay intact. Yeah, because I was actually going to uh, put you in, in Gay White on, and then uh, CGI you as a talking cheetah from the <laughs> Cheetos commercials. Right, and then we'd and, have this yeah. discussion all over again next yeah. year, wouldn't we? Yeah. You're like, hey, that movie nobody saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with that How dare you replace me? Yeah, I know. In a movie that you no. and your you and your wife watched. <laughs> my, 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 and my wife was covering and, her eyes, and she fell time. asleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what uh, about this movie that just played Sundance? John dies at the end. Yeah, isn't this exciting? Okay. Amazing. Don yes. Coscarelli. You know, Don emailed me back about coming on Keekscape. Did he? As soon as everything, yeah, you were very nice to forward that email. Oh, good, oh, good. But as soon as like everything dies down, John dies at the end, and this and that, like maybe we'll make a Geekscape, but but. That, that had to be awesome. I mean, Bubba Hotep, Phantasm, the guy's an amazing director. Don Coscarelli, who directed and wrote, uh, yes, uh, Phantasm, Bubba Hotep, and uh, Beastmaster, right? And he... Uh, I just uh, said... You just said those I words. Just quoted, well, I just quoted the Beastmaster. I did this fundraising D&D tournament on Saturday, uh-huh. and I was, I was saying, saying goodbye at the end. Sax Carr, who does a show for Geekscape, goes, hey, man, see you later. And I go, uh, well... I clasped his arm like they do in yes, yes. With, with You had to have the cling of armor, <laughs> yeah, though. Yeah, I did the, the arm clasp. Yes, the, the like, forearm clasp. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, the Beastmaster. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't you know your movies? 
So you did this Don, so you did this movie with Don Cascarelli. Yes. Well, uh, uh, John Dies at the End was a a, a book by mm-hmm. David Wong, uh, a novel that that Don converted into a, a film script, and he wrote a delicious piece. Um, the book's very, very convoluted and very, very full and thick of, of characters and lots of things. So Don had to shave it down a little bit to make movie sense out of mm-hmm. it. But um, and it still doesn't make you know, all sense to everybody. Yeah, it's a it's a wacky, wacky story. It involves two young guys uh, played by Chase Williamson and uh, Rob Mays. These are two newcomers that do an excellent, excellent job. They're the two like young twenty-something stoners that are going to have to save the world. Unfortunately, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're they're kind of druggies, and they've discovered this drug called soy sauce. It's sold on the street, uh, and soy sauce is one of those drugs that it kind of it chooses who it will offer its hallucinations to. Mm-hmm. But its hallucinations are not hallucinations. They are actually a window into the other dimension that really does exist. Now, oh wow! So yes. these, these guys think they're tripping, and this is actually they think they're tripping, but, but no, they're, they're, they're turning they're, themselves into a gateway. Exactly, exactly, and the soy sauce has chosen them. So, I am from the other dimension. My name is Roger North, and for those of you who know the book, uh, he's, he's a, a wacky, lovely character who's uh, innocent about things on Earth, and he, I've been watching through the portal, I've been watching these two kids since they started on the soy sauce, observing them, observing humanity, observing Earth. You're like the and silver I, surfer. Kind of, and I, have a lot of <laughs> and I have a lot of questions, only not nearly as good looking. Uh, so... I make it through the portal, and I show up in their world uh, to explain what's happening to them, what they're going through, what, 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 and what's going. And the, the peril is on its way, and they're going to have to be the ones that save the world. So good luck, right? So this is my character, uh, uh, Roger North, and I basically got to do this uh, in weird clothing and and just being a tall, pasty white guy. No, no makeup. Uh, a little bit of paste on your face. A little, little bit. Yeah. They paled me down a little bit right. and put dark circles under my eyes, so I didn't. I did not look healthy, but I did look humanoid. Did you look like you did in that um, Windigo movie. <laughs> right. Oh, the Fear Itself episode. Skin and Bones. Yes. I told you about that. I, you almost ruined my Thanksgiving. Yeah, when yeah, I, yeah. I went to yeah, Laura's yeah, yeah, house, I started that. putting right. black olives on my fingers, like your character. Yeah. He had those black tips on your fingers. Uh, from Frostbite, But yes. did you get a chance to act with Paul Giamatti and, Paul Di- and John Dice at the end? Because he's on a different level. He's a phenomenal One actor. of the co-stars, Paul Giamatti. Uh, right. I did not. I missed... Uh, I was. Ah! Uh, I know. I know. My scenes were filmed on days that his weren't. Uh, and uh, when you see the movie, you'll see why. Uh, right. But but also, but I did work with Clancy Brown, and I love Clancy Brown. Is he cool? Yeah, he's so cool. He he's kind of like my. He, he's also from this other dimension, and he's he's my, uh, or he's he's a go between between the two worlds. And um, so anyway, uh, yeah, they're they're they were great. And also Angus Scrim makes an appearance in this from that? from Phantasm, tall skinny okay. guy. And uh, and there's more. There's there's more like like you know notable like uh, cameos and things. Um, Throughout the, the film, but it's it's going to be a fun. It just played four packed out screenings at Sundance. Isn't that awesome? Great reviews, and um, so I'm sure distribution is just another step behind now. Now, who who have you not worked with that you would love to work with? Oh, because uh, I mean Paul Giamatti and Guillermo del Toro, who, who basically like you know just pulled you out of yeah. miming and gave you you know some really awesome roles that started you yeah. up on a different level. Like yeah. who else? Who else? Uh, what do you think? Who would I love to work with that I haven't? Yeah, yeah I mean, you um, see these amazing people out there, like Christopher Nolan. Remember that rumor? For some reason, on IMDb, yes. you as the Riddler. Yeah, it, and it showed up a couple times. It, you know, someone would put the rumor up that I was going to be the Riddler in the new Batman movie, and then they. Yeah, I heard you turn that it, down. It, it was taken. I'm, yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Can you imagine? <laughs> 
the, the rumor was, t- and then that was it was removed from IMDb, right. and then showed up two weeks later again. So I, I don't know who has access I'm to put sorry. those things up. I don't know. Sorry, was it you? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you made my life hell. I've ended, but uh, no, I, uh, Christopher Nolan, I would love to work with. Yes, I never have. I would love to work with Ron Howard as a director. I, he's, uh, I loved his movies too. Um, I, uh, who, who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, I know you got like a wish list in your back pocket or something. I do somewhere. It's not in this back pocket. I wore the wrong jeans, but um, uh, who, you know, quirky little indie films too that I love, like uh, like uh, Napoleon Dynamite, directed by oh, Jared Hess. I love Hess. Jared Hess. Yeah, where's he it. been? Like, like I know, come on. I know. I, did you see Gentleman Broncos? No, the third movie he did. After, oh no, cause, no, no, because no. Nacho Libre was the best movie. Nacho in Libre, yes. That movie's incredible. <laughs> right. The best movie in 1996. Or 2006. One? Yeah. But he did a movie after that called Gentleman Broncos. Gentleman Broncos. And Laura no. and I went to, with my brother to go see it at the Arclight. <laughs> and we were the only three people in the theater. Really? And it was one of those things where it, could, it only played at the Arclight. It was one of those things where it only played, like, you know, you know they, they put it out on, like, the minimum number of screens to, to, ju- to, well, to justify the, like, whatever contract it was. The movie's not great. Yeah. But unless you're a Jared Hess fan, mm-hmm. which, you know, how many people are that? Which you know I what I mean? Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't associate Napoleon Dynamite with a with certain Jer- director. With the director, yeah. The movie is hilarious. Oh, is it, yeah? It's hilarious. Oh, okay. You should go see it. It's got one of the, the Flight of the Concord dudes in it. Okay. It's really a funny movie. Netflixable, maybe? Or something Absolutely. Like okay. Absolutely right. Netflix. Is oh, okay. Gentlemen Broncos. Gentlemen Broncos. All right. Uh, but uh, Jared Hess directed me in a, in a, in a commercial for, uh, what was it? It was a Genio Turkey. It was it was a it was a Thanksgiving ad for Genio Turkey, and uh, and I just I just a TV commercial it was one day shoot had a ball with it. Though he he loves quirky offbeat people, yeah, and that's why he cast me in that commercial. So I want from that day forward I've been wanting to do a movie with him. He's got to get his. He's got a good movie together. Like, come on, dude. Come on, I know, that's what I'm saying. Jared, what are you doing? And then, of course, Napoleon Dynamite. I I worked with uh, uh, John John Heater Heater, in in Benchwarmers. I was the Uh robot in that movie, and he was (laughs) one of the three main guys. uh, Who else is in Benchwarmers? Rob Schneider and David Spade. And, And I was John Lovitz's butler robot. I think a buddy of mine was just like... Watching that with a girl, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "What the? Are you doing watching Benchwarmers with a girl?" Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's because like she ultimate, asked for it. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's the ultimate litmus test of all litmus right, tests. Right, right, right. Watching Benchwarmers with a girl. Yeah, that's the Marion you know I mean? type like, right there. Like, sure, yeah. you can throw in the notebook and she'll get all romantic, but is she going to try and get frisky after Benchwarmers? Benchwarmers is not a, a, a chick magnet movie. It's more of a repeller, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I heard that robot's insane. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> My name was Number Seven. <laughs> I'm not sure, and it was a reference to something. I don't know. What's this one that you just finished doing? This Neighborhood Watch. Speaking of funny movies, yes, uh, Neighborhood Watch with Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill. You were just on a movie with all those people. That just I wrapped That's a week ago. That's fucking crazy. Wrapped a week ago. Who yeah. directed this movie? Directed by Akiva Schaefer. You would know him as the one of the Lonely Island Boys. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. Life. He's the guy with the glasses. He's the guy with the glasses. Right. Okay, so who's in this movie? Uh, so Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill, and Richard Ayoada. Uh, he's he's a, from British television sketch comedy. Uh, funny, 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 funny people. And the script was uh, had a retooling by Seth Rogen. So mm-hmm. we, it, it's been it's going to be great. It comes out uh, this coming summer, July twenty seventh, two thousand twelve. And um, think along the lines of Ghostbuster. Okay, Ghostbusters. Right. You've got like four funny guys. You've got them telling fart jokes and dick jokes and. Bathroom. But I mean, are they official Ghostbusters, or are they just dudes who are like ghost hunters? Or no, no, they're not. It's not. They're, they're, yeah. they're, no, they fall into it by accident. They're neighborhood watch. They okay. are a crime watch. You know, like a neighborhood crime watch, like any neighborhood yeah, has. Yeah. Uh, they live in a suburban area. They want to keep their their place safe. 
uh, but there's no need for it because there's no crime in their area. So they get together and they tell fart jokes and dick jokes and they drink in Bob's garage, which is played by Vince Vaughn. Well, this is until the alien invasion, and that's where I would come in. I play the lead alien in the movie. I'm, if you look me up on IMDb, it's mm-hmm. Hero Alien, they're calling me. Uh, and so, uh, so what... what uh, I can't tell you much about right, it, right, right. but uh, this this alien invasion is uh, it leaves these boys ill-equipped to fight me off, and and all of my minions that come with me. So, uh, was it easy to get through takes with these guys? Oh, you must have been dying. Well, uh, they're they're hilarious. They go off the page a lot. Uh, Vince is especially a very uh, wordsmith. The good thing. Good thing. It's all. Okay. It's all it's good. All you good know, when you're doing comedy, do as many retakes as you need. Yeah. To do, do every version you can, and then in the editing room, you'll 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 see what makes people laugh, and you'll that's what you'll cut right. in. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, who, who's this, the, the big director right now? Who, uh, why is he escaping me? Um, who does you know all those movies with with, uh, with Seth Rogen and et cetera, et cetera? Um, the big director, producer. Director. The big one. Oh, the big one. Yeah. You know, he did... Um, <laughs> you know, the he, one. He produced Bridesmaids. He just escaped Judd Apatow. Yeah, okay. Judd okay. Apatow tests his movies like 20 times. Right. And, and they'll change... They'll only change jokes. It's not even structural changes. They're like jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he'll, he'll test the heck out of his movies, but yeah, you're yeah. right. Like, yeah, yeah. they'll find some of the fun... Like, they'll find the maximum comedy mm-hmm. in the editing mm-hmm. room. Right, right. But you got to make a million right. takes. And, and, and in Neighborhood Watch... I'm not responsible for the funny. The guys are responsible mm-hmm. for that. All the cast members I just mentioned. Is your character literally scary? Or I'm scary. Just weird? Oh yeah, no, you're scary yeah. as hell. I'm scary. It's like uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I I bring the fear that these guys are then have mm-hmm. to react to. You know what I'm saying? I bring the, the I bring the scary. They bring the funny. Akiva Schaefer is hilarious, and I'll I'll tell you the movie that I thought was completely overlooked uh, that he did, Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Yeah. Have you seen Hot Rod? I've not seen Hot Rod. I knew he directed it though. This movie yeah. was the funniest movie that summer. I thought. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that was the same movie, like Knocked Up, or maybe like Wedding Crashers, or that, something came out, joke, or something yeah. like that. This movie is so quotable and has so many awesome scenes in it. Danny McBride's in it, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. A- Andy Samberg. I mean, the movie is just fucking hilarious, and that movie totally got ignored. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a bullshit, Doug. <laughs> like I say, it's a title that we all know, but I'm one of the people that didn't see it, unfortunately. Oh, so I got to go back now, now that great. I know Akiva. I got to go back and see it. So hot Rod was awesome. Uh-huh. You tell Akiva. You send him an email. Tell him that that Hot Rod was incredible. Hot Jonathan incredible. said so. Jonathan from Geekscape said so. <laughs> yeah, you can follow him on Twitter, Jonathan London. Right. That's it, Jonathan London. Yeah, the, the Twitterer. Does he Twitter? Do you Twitter with these guys like Ben Stiller and this and that? They don't have Twitters. Uh, Akiva, yeah, he's got Red Hour Films. Jonah like, Hill. He's got a Twitter. And I think I think Ben Ben Stiller's got a Twitter. Does he? Yeah, it's like it's like Ben Red Hour or something like that. It's like something about his his production company and this and no, that. Yeah, he, I mean, he, if you're in the public eye, you should have a Twitter. It's a place yeah. you got to show. But he may not run it himself. You you know you never know. Does it annoy you? I mean, do you do you have to consciously Twitter or is it something that you love? Oh, I, I love. I, I'll check in about once a day. You know, is, I'm, is I'm, there, not, I'm not 24 seven with it. But. Do you think there's a point where like um, the accessibility that that like the fake accessibility you think it grants your fans? could be dangerous you know what i mean you're in my house i could chop you up right now Doug. <laughs> but, yeah, but you know what i mean like like do you think people have problems with that kind of stuff it kind of erodes the barrier between or i mean i don't know where are you stand with that I, not me i don't think it's uh you put out as much information as as you safely feel right. you can do have you ever fucked up and been like oh shit that was too much uh, one time well only one time the only one time that something a little bit offbeat happened um i twittered that, that there was a free event that i was at that i said come one come all uh and 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 somebody, oh, what was it? Oh, yeah. I was at two events at the same venue two days in a row. 
It was at a hotel in Burbank, and the one night was a was a open to the public thing. The next night was a private function that I was mm. doing, and uh, and somehow I had tweeted about one of them. And, it was the wrong one. And it was the wrong one. So a bunch of people showed up and were like, "Hey, it's well, totally free." One guy showed up that was this crazy person who told everyone that he was a writer, and that he'd been. Come That's to Los see. Angeles. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> But he showed up with scripts in his back pocket oh, to, to show me, to pitch to me at this, at this um, you know, black tie party uh, in a ballroom, right? He shows up in like, you know... A, he paid for a ticket? No. He just walked in, and there, I don't know how he got in. But he had to cut you. Yeah, yeah and so, so, <laughs> I, so when he comes over to me and, and introduces himself to me and says, you know, here's how I found out. Hey, I, 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 you are, and, and oh, and what brings you here? Are you, are you one of the people in the, at the event? And he goes, no, I'm, I, I read about it on your Twitter. That's why I'm here. I said, "Oh, that was that was yesterday's thing." Oh no, no, no! That's get out of security. So I, I tried to explain in the nicest yeah. way possible. Yeah. This is a private event, and this, so this uh, this wouldn't be open to the public. So I'm I'm sorry. He goes, "Oh, that's okay." Is there, so there's some food over there, right? He grabs a plate and goes through the buffet. He, I I couldn't get rid of him. I, right? It was awesome. And well, then it became like a funny thing because then you know a lot of people were like, "Who's your friend?" Doug? I'm like, "Oh God, please, you talk to him." I don't know. I couldn't get him to go. Poor guy. I know, poor fella. Yeah. His scripts were pretty good, huh? I, you can't read that stuff. I mean, you can't read unsolicited scripts. You know what I mean? I can, because I, I mean, like, I don't... Uh, you don't worry that they're, that they're going to be like, oh... I don't, I don't make movies. Right. I'm not okay, a filmmaker. Okay. So if I made movies, I would have more of a, of a law risk, a legal yeah, risk yeah. at, at reading. You stole my idea, this and that. Yeah, but I'm not an, an idea pitcher. Uh, okay, because every geekscape's going to throw you scripts, huh? I'm an actor for hire. Right. And uh, so if somebody wants to send me a script, I happily read it and... And uh, and we'll find out if I want to, you know, I'll, I'll feel if I want to be in it or not. Mm-hmm. If it's a character I want to play, if it's a story I want to help tell, all of that. But the story needs to be made. It needs to be told. Yeah. <laughs> and, Neighborhood and Watch needs needs to be, to be told. No, yeah, those are jokes that need to be told. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Laura freaks out. Laura's like, we moved to this neighborhood uh, like a year and a half ago, and Laura is all about the Neighborhood Watch. Like, she has the dude email her report. Oh, yeah, really? She goes to the meetings. Really, she does. Yeah, yeah. She gets really into like this yeah. whole. She goes, you know, Jonathan, we should start lo- like locking the door when we walk the dogs. We do now because right. there are a couple break-ins a couple blocks there away, and this there and that. And these true. are just like true. you know, like grab and, and run kind of break-ins and stuff like that. But she obsesses about it. She starts being like, "I'm starting to really feel unsafe." Right. What's that car doing? Like we'll be walking uh, the dogs, and if the car, you know, if there's two dudes in a car, uh-huh. and the the time it takes us to go around the block or two blocks, yeah. they're still in the. If car. they're still parked there, yeah, you wonder. Are they casing the joint? They're not just losing. They're, and I was like, "Sweetie, they're getting high. Like it's cool. like like you know what I mean? Like come that's on. what kids do. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? They're twelve years old, sweetie. I don't yeah, like the way yeah, that kid's yeah, looking yeah, at the house. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. twelve years old. Well, see, and that would be the Ben Stiller character in the neighborhood. Oh, really? Watch. He's the he's the one who really is the you know paranoid community, community activist who's paranoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that movie sounds good. It's gonna be great. No, it's gonna be great. July twenty seventh. If you'd have said another director or something like that, I'd be like, ah, that guy's just some Hollywood yeah. director. But Akiva's amazing. He's, he's good, and and this is a great cast. All that Lonely and, Island stuff is amazing. Mm-hmm. And the the script is really written well. So it comes out in theaters July 27th, which is the week after Comic Con in San Diego. So yeah, I'm you're sure, going to sure come we'll, down and sign with us? I or think what? we're going to come have, have some. Are, are you, you going to WonderCon? Do you have your booth again? Yeah, we year? got our booth. Okay. Are you kidding me? I'll come i got to hold on to that booth because when, when the movies start coming out, we'll, there you we, go. We you got to have your space. Yeah. we got some real estate. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. What about WonderCon? That's in mid March. WonderCon in mid March. It's, it's in Anaheim. In Anaheim, yes. I'm going to be there. I think, I think I'm going to be there. What's planned right now is I'm going to be there one day. Uh, to do a screening of My Name is Jerry, which okay. is a film, an indie film that I did. So before that... And, huh? So before that, sign in our booth. So before... You have a booth at, at one Yeah, con? yeah, yeah. 
Come on, I don't care if you charge a hundred bucks for Let's your Let's talk photos. about this. Okay, because I, I don't know if I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to have my own table or not. We'll find if out. If you don't have your own table, I don't have, if I don't have my own suit. table, I'll come to Geek Suit. Yes. But, but, but the my if you name, have your own but, table, but get a refund, and but then I'm come over to Geek Tickled suit. Pink that we're having a My Name Is Jerry screening. Our director Morgan Mead's going to be there. I'm going to be there. What's that about? My name is Jerry, uh, a lovely indie film about a coming of middle age. I played a middle-aged white guy going through his midlife crisis. Oh, yeah, people at WonderCon want to hear that. These right? These 35-year-old dudes who still listen to, like, read comics. And they need anime. My Name is Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. But it's a, it's it's a like great, a horror movie to them. It's, a, it's a, what we would call a dramedy. This okay. Is, this is a, you've got real-life drama with lots of fun and, and funny characters. You're the characters. main actor. I'm, I'm Jerry. I'm the main guy. I'm that's in every, the thing. Like, like that, that's, what, that's what freaks me out. Cause, like, this, this neighborhood watch, is, as great as it is, like, yeah. like in this guy this guy showing up with his scripts off of the Twitter and stuff like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, attaching you to a script, like, how much money do you think you could raise? And I don't know. I know, it's like, it's like one of those things, like, like I was telling you earlier about, about the, 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 the cast I would like to put together, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And these are all actors who are not Channing Tatum, you know what I mean? This yeah, is right, not right, right. Ryan Reynolds. These are actors who I, I really love the days right. of, like, the 70s and the 60s where too. you would just have these character actors who yeah. were just sincere. There was, a, there was a realness to them. Yeah, me too. And, um... And so I'm going to go to this. The, my name is Jerry. I have to go to this you because to those are it. the kind of movies I think people should support. Not that you don't go see a Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. movie or this and that, mm-hmm. but as as a storyteller, I think there's a sincerity mm-hmm. and there's some there. When you put a, a guy who looks like an underwear model as your main character in every damn movie, it creates a, a barrier between the audience. You know it what does, I mean? It does. We all want to be like that, I guess. But by the same time, you point, look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, eh, I'm not. Yeah. At what point is it too much? And, right, um, right, 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 right. I kind of like it. I, mm-hmm. I, I like this. Okay, so does anything crazy happen? No, Jer- Spider-Man show up? Uh, no, Jer- <laughs> yeah. no, Jerry is like, he's kind of an underdog. He's a, he's a, 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 used, he's a book salesman who goes door-to-door in a dying profession because of, you know, what books are now. You don't sell them door-to-door. Right. Uh, so he's kind of professionally losing it. He's divorced and, and uh, has not seen his own daughter in 10 years. And he's basically a very lonely, secluded loser. He accidentally meets up with a bunch of punk rock kids, and and they all take him on as like their project to make hip. You were telling us about this movie. Yeah. this sounded great. It's a great fun, and and our supporting cast is also fantastic. The lady, uh, I, I, Jerry, goes through a job change. He upgrades his life uh, professionally, and his new boss is Catherine Hicks, who was the mom on Seventh Heaven for mm-hmm. like eleven years. Uh, his best friend in the movie, my uh, best friend, is played by Don Stark from that '70s show. He was Donna's dad, curly-haired, mm-hmm. funny, funny guy. And one of the punk rock kids is Stephen Yun from uh, from The Walking Dead. He's the, the oh, yeah. young Asian kid. He's a funny guy. He's hilarious. You know the thing about him is is I'd like to get him on the show because our buddy Graham Douglas, who's been on the show a couple times, mm-hmm. is with him at IO Improv oh, yeah. Olympic. Oh yeah, 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 right. And he says Steve's hilarious. He's hilarious. Yeah. And uh, and then another uh, the girl who plays my daughter in the show is Allison Scaliotti from Warehouse Thirteen. We're trying to get her on the show, oh, which, yeah. but but Warehouse Thirteen just started up. Yeah, we got this guy Sca- Sax Carr. Who, and they film in Toronto. So yeah, she's they not, film she's in Toronto. In we're yeah. thinking about skyping with her because oh, yeah. like Sax Carr, one of our writers, wants to give her like you know this push to get Allison cast in the the hack slash movie based on this comic book oh, and like okay. oh Allison would be per-. like he's always like Allison would be perfect for this Allison would be yeah, perfect yeah, for this yeah. we need to start an internet campaign to convince Hollywood yeah, to cast okay, her okay 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 and I was like <laughs> I don't know I mean you know I'll get behind it because I like yeah. Sax and I guess I like Allison because she's done his show on Geekscape a couple times oh, and okay. it'd be cool to get her on Geekscape. 
But man, how realistic is that? An internet campaign to get somebody to cast in a, in a movie that people are spending so millions and millions has to create, of dollars has, on? Has this movie been created yeah, yeah, yet? Yeah, it just got, it's, it's getting put together. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, okay, pretty, okay. You know, it's a legit production. Okay. But it's well, tough. An internet campaign? How, how much could that do? But an internet what do you campaign, think? at least if, she, if her people, her representatives, her yeah. agents, managers, whatever, yeah. uh, can cite a, an internet campaign to the powers that be to say, look, look, here's the fan base talking. Okay. That's, that can only help. All right. Only help. You're be- we're going to get you that Abe Sapien cartoon. You, or, you or, bring or, it, baby. Live action. Yeah. yeah. Speaking if they of, can figure out how to spray paint gills on you. Speaking of <laughs> comic book properties, uh, or, I don't know if comic book property, but uh, I am being courted right now and I'm kind of talks with, with this, uh, an independent company down in uh, Alabama. It's a couple of kids that make great... We got a comic book, boy. Yes. <laughs> These are good kids, though. Good kids. Uh, and and they they want me to they want me to play Slenderman. If you've heard of Slenderman mm. and the, the phenomenon that he has become on the Webernet, uh, it's like an online comic. An online. I, I, I What's Slenderman? Is that like Plastic Man? Is he elastic? I think he's. I think like, Slender, what is this? See, I had to do some research. And I, Slides under what, doors. What I've pulled up so far is that Slenderman is is sort of an apparition that shows up in in the background of, of photos. So he's kind of like a he's, he's a like, photo bomber. He's kind of like a photo bomber, <laughs> right. but he's from a ghostly world, you know. Uh, tall, slim, of course, wears a suit. You'd be great uh, for it. Black suit, black tie, white shirt, and has a, a white face with nondescript features on it. He's very haunting imagery. Uh, uh, so it's a serious story. And I think, uh, yes, yes. But he, uh, I think the legend behind him on, on the, fo- the folklore behind Slender Man is that he lives in the woods. He has very tree branch-like appendages, like, uh, uh, you mm-hmm. know, fingers and things. And children that go wandering in the woods, if they're bad kids who, who have been naughty at home, they will get eaten by him uh, unless they go back home and admit to their parents what they've done. You would love that. Is that I would, would love, love that. that. I would How much love money do you guys that. need? I think they need a lot of money. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, these kids, uh, the, name, the name of the show they've already... I mean, already... the tax incentives in Alabama are bad. Or Georgia, uh, somewhere Georgia's there. good. Georgia's yeah. really good. I don't know about Alabama. Uh, uh, worth, worth checking out. But they, they've, been doing, they've been doing like you know, their own camcorder uh, YouTube channel yeah, yeah, for a while. Yeah. And I think the name of the show is something Hornet. Uh, Marble, Marble Hornets. Marble Hornets. If you look up Marble Hornets, you'll see 52 episodes. If you just Google Slenderman, you'll find Or Google comic. Slenderman, you might find their, their YouTube thing. Uh, but I'm looking forward to to talking with them more, and, and I would have to go to Alabama, so that would have to be paid for, and you know, yeah, and so, Zeke and stuff. And I would have Zeke with me now. Now, speaking of my stuff, dog, his his <laughs> Twitter handle is at Zeke Dog. That's Z E K E Y D O G at Zeke Dog. And you love doing this because you did this Dra- Dragon Age Origin stuff with you know uh, the, wor- Day and all this the stuff. world of web series have has been good to me, and and I uh, and you guys just run around like Simi Valley running we around, were, right? Things. Dragon Age Redemption with with Felicia Day. Right. I got to play Cerebus, the uh, the main the Kunari mage bad guy in the film uh, in the web series. Blue makeup, white long hair. And this was from orange. Machinima. And that was yeah. uh, that was ran on Machinima. Yeah, exactly. I hosted a show on Machinima last fall. They're great. This folks summer, over there. when I didn't see you at Comic Con, was because I was running around for those jerks. Machinima. Okay, okay. Well, they uh, didn't put me in no damn canary makeup. Right. Right. <laughs> I think you can, you can watch all all. Uh, I think it's six episodes on yeah. on Machinima. You can also get a DVD if you go to Amazon and look in Dragon Age Redemption. You'll find a DVD. Do, do you need to play the game to watch the video? Because like I didn't watch the video because I didn't no, play the don't. game. I, don't I, think I was so. like I was like man, I'm not gonna get what the hell's going on. Well, like, I'll I know tell you she's what. running around with fucking years and shit. It's all explained. Uh, okay. I, I don't. I'm not a gamer. And for me, when I read the script originally, I was like, "This is great writing, great dialogue, great uh, story, great action, a lot of sword fighting." It's, it's Lord of the Rings for the web, right? It's on a low, low budget, uh, and really well produced and visually great. Uh, so, I had no idea 
what the game was all about. And I read the script and filming the the series. Now I'm a, I'm a. Did you play the game? I haven't. I don't know how to play yeah. games. I don't know how to play them. Uh, I got I got to have somebody walk me through a, like a, you know, yeah a screen. Maybe they... we'll get you doing that. Yeah. What do you think about the artist? Because you're a mime in this. Can whole we thing, talk this movie, about the, the freaking artist? I mean, I, I went to see it with my family. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I don't think they were as impressed as I was. Ah. I thought it was pretty great. I saw it in the theater because I had to. I, people, enough people had told me on the Twitter and the Facebook, Doug, it, we thought of you when seeing the artist. You've got to see this movie. It, it seems like it's up your alley. I took the misses. We sat there, and I was like, <gasps> thank you, heaven. You didn't for get mad? This. No. Because you've been doing this mime stuff uh, and celebrating mime the whole time, and then these, these frogs go off and make this movie <laughs> without you. Those sons of bitches. Those frogs are some pretty good actors, though. Those like, jerks oh. go and put this movie together. Now, I, can't, I can't pronounce the lead actor's name or nor, nor the lead actress, but they were both absolutely stunning. Because I was wondering, I was like, man, if I was Doug Jones, I'd go to Paris and I would just start fighting people. I did my I, French I, movie. My yeah. French movie, Gainsbourg, was out at the same <laughs> right. time and uh, just didn't have the, it didn't have the mass appeal that the right. artist does. The artist is more of well, a... Well, didn't have Harvey Weinstein plugging away at this movie. Well, and right, and this one takes... Uh, the artist takes place in old school Hollywood. Yeah. You know what? I was so impressed. The art direction. It's all done in black and white and as a silent film. You've got old school Hollywood, even like the buildings, the cars, the clothes, everything. It looked authentically mm-hmm. from a, it was a silent film. And it had Malcolm McDowell in it. Malcolm McDowell did a cameo in it. Uh, James Cromwell mm-hmm. did a cameo James in Cromwell's it. James Cromwell's great. Joel Murray, oh, who we damn. play basketball with. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was the cop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the yeah. Cop. Oh, yeah, sure. who, who the dog goes and gets. He just put out a trailer for this new movie he's in that Bobcat Goldthwait directed. Yeah. It looks phenomenal. This oh. guy who just can't take, he just snaps and he starts going after pop culture like icons. Like, like, okay. like my Sweet 16 when the girls get like an amazing car and he's like some dude who's like out of work and <laughs> trying to make it. And then he looks on TV and sees some little girl getting like a, a amazing car for mm-hmm. her 16th birthday and he finally just snaps and has enough of it and just goes on like Achilles spree. <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait makes some edgy movies, but I think he That's makes awesome. some actually pretty good, great stuff. Yeah. Um, but I was worrying about you and the artist because. You should have been in that damn movie. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I would. You should be in the artist too. I would have loved to. Sure, yeah, we'll Where they the tackle like the forty, the the thirties and forties. There you go. Was, the yeah. late thirties, early forties. That's what they get into that. Right. And and then then the artist gets um, drafted, and he and Elvis have to go. What, fight Vietnam? World We're going to take it. No, to no, the forties. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we should take it to. It's a volunteer. There he goes. He volunteers. He volunteers. No, no. Uh, the USO. France gets occupied. <laughs> and everything there, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. You can do your, you can do your mime cuff. <laughs> no, we can, we can, we, well, you're just tying it all together, aren't you? Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. You. I'm just we'll trying get to get you to work, Doug. Like you should have nah. been that damn artist. A movie. friend of mine, though, uh, uh, Ezra Buzzington, he's he was in uh, the artist. He plays mm-hmm. one of the, one of the reporters that is interviewing the uh, the young actress after uh, at the ta- next table, the t- next yeah, table yeah. over. When and when uh, that was a sad scene, yeah. Sad scene, yeah. It was a great statement. It was a great uh, uh, history of, of Hollywood when the talkies came into be and. A little role like that, you should have gotten that. I'm loved, mad at them. I would have loved a little something like that. You I tell your buddy you're mad. But you know what, though? I, I have it on you're DVD. You're too well-adjusted. I have a screener on DVD, and I, I'm, I'm tickled pink to own that. Throw I, it in the fire. I know. No. <laughs> I love that movie, and I, I wanted to get awards. That. I do. I Shut up. Was that, that your favorite movie of the year? Because, it is. Because you're it emotionally is. tied was, into the I'm, art form I'm and emotionally everything? tied into the art form of it. I loved I loved uh, that it proves that... that it um, wasn't Thor? You didn't Thor? I did like Thor. Hey, <laughs> shut up. I like Thor. Okay. I like Thor and I like Captain America. Um, yeah, Green I Lantern? I, I, I need to see Green Lantern yet. I got it on Blu-ray. We watched it. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> after, this, after we shut this off. Uh, 
No, but I also uh, am a big fan of Hugo this year. Hugo was great. Oh. Tintin was great. I, I miss Tintin. Tintin was phenomenal, yeah, but yeah. Hugo was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little long in the second act, but, 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 but amazing. But, no, but, but it was the best-looking 3D movie. For us folks in the film world, yeah. uh, uh, Hugo was just, a, it was just masturbation about filmmaking, wasn't and I was it? Teaching, it was wonderful. I was teaching film at the time. I was teaching film history, yeah, yeah, yeah. and my wife was privy to the whole film oh, history yeah. thing because I'd make her sit down and watch like the Edwin Porter films mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And she knew it. My mm-hmm. wife was like, wait, that's a rival at the train of the station. You know, she, she was like, that's workers leaving the factory. Lumiere Brothers, right? And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, that's awesome. That my no, wife remembers all this stuff. But, um, but yeah, it is for, for people who love film history. That was basically yeah. porn. <laughs> and, and, you, and, you, and you needed to see it in 3D. It was, uh, yeah. The best looking 3D movie. Uh, gorgeous. It looked gorgeous. better than Avatar. Right, you know, and I think and Tintin was phenomenal in three D too. Was it? I got it. Okay, I got to go, go see I gotta, the Tintin. I gotta, I gotta Before it gets out of the theaters in three D, I don't have a that. podcast of my own where I review movies or well, talk about. I don't about review them. movies. Anymore, I know you don't. I love. Anymore, but. I mean, I love. What did we see? We saw the Gray this weekend. Oh, and how was the Gray? It was good. Uh, <laughs> what? What? The Gray. You can't talk about the Gray without talking about the ending. Oh, okay, and I don't, and you I shouldn't talk about the ending. Oh, because it's is it a surprise? Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, going into the going into the gray, the one thing I knew was, it's not what you. The ending's not what, what you, you expect. expect. And that whole thing, and I agree with it. The okay. ending's not oh, what okay. you expect. In a bad way or a good way? Were you happy, or pleased with it, or not? I can understand why people are happy with it. Okay. I was happy you about were, it okay. because I made a joke about what I thought was going to happen in the end. As your that joke happened. That came true. In like <laughs> half the theater, almost fucking revolted. Really? Because of the ending. Oh. And it was the funniest. Did you, did you actually so hear a, an, audio, an audible? The person in front of us, as it was building to the end and the tensions going up, the person in front of us got so fucking pumped. He punched his fist and leaned forward. I look around the theater. There are all these goobers, like, so into this, you know, like Liam Neeson versus a wolf thing. Yeah. They're, they're leaning forward in their seats. They're so fucking uh. pumped for Liam Neeson to fight a wolf. Yeah. I'm not going to say more than that. Okay, but... But I was fucking laughing. I whispered to Laura, wouldn't it be funny if, if blank... And blank happened. Two seconds later, blank <laughs> happened. And these guys, it looked like 9-11 happened to them. Like, when, being in New York when 9-11 happened, mm-hmm. that day was surreal. You would have all these people aimlessly walking around like they did not know what to what do. Happened? We leave our homes, we go... I saw it again that day. <laughs> these geeks... With the conclusion like, of the gray. They were sitting there like, in the credits going, what the fuck? Uh, they walked up, like they would get out of their seats, they would stumble down the row, they'd look at the screen, like it, the movie was going to give them more, and then they'd mm-hmm. sit back down and look at the screen, and then they'd, yeah. they'd shake their heads. They, they, they wouldn't leave the theater. They refused to leave the theater. They didn't know what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> I was losing it laughing. I've never seen a movie fuck enough, so many people over since episode one. I, oh, mean, oh, <laughs> I mean, when people were like... <laughs> I mean, or, or Indiana Jones 4. What was it? Indiana that? Jones 4. Oh, man. Oh, now, that's the one where I was sitting in the... In you should have been in that theater movie. I, I was, you should I, play no, one of those monkeys coming around I, with Sheila Booth. Stop it. <laughs> I, was, I was filming uh, my, my Fear Itself episode, Skin and Bones, during uh, when that movie opened. And, and I went to the theater with, with uh, the, the, one of my co-stars from that show. And I leaned over to him and I said, I said, you know, if a flying saucer comes out of that mountain, I swear I'm getting up and leaving. Because you wanted to play the alien. No, no, no. I thought, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't want them to go that far with this. And, and sure enough, next scene, a flying saucer frickin' flies out of that mountain in Indiana Jones. The aliens weren't the problem with that movie. The <sighs> aliens were not the problem with that movie, Doug. I will I, send you the essay I wrote for Geekscape. Oh, you did? Okay, okay. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. The aliens weren't the problem because you put the movie in the 50s, and that's what people were worried about. They were worried about aliens, and they were worried about the Russians. Area, the area that's what they were worried yeah. about. And so I, thematically, that stuff works. The nuke... The Cold War villains, the, the aliens, mm. that stuff works. 
the structure and the treatment of Indiana Jones in that movie is so awful. Mm-hmm. They do everything in, the, in, in their power to depower Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark, they don't show Indiana Jones' face for like three and a half minutes. Mm. They do all this work. Steven Spielberg does all this work to, to, to not show you Indiana Jones' face mm-hmm. for like three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Because when he finally shows you Indiana Jones' face, it's going to be the most heroic shot ever. Right? And it's, it had to take a lot of confidence for Steven Spielberg to have the producers on set shooting Indiana Jones and the producers sitting there going, Steven, why aren't you shooting Harrison Ford's face? Mm-hmm. We're paying him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And Steven just saying, hold Trust on, me. I Trust have a design. Yeah. And when you ultimately see his face in the movie, it's going to work. And you know it's designed because it's a massive screen direction um, uh, sequence. You don't see, and there's parts where you think you're going to see Indiana Jones' face, and then he doesn't, and he moves in a different direction. It's, it's so well done, and when mm-hmm. you ultimately see his face, it's awesome. They established Indiana Jones as a hero in those opening moments of Raiders, and they don't let up. They do not, he comes out of a trunk as a prisoner in the opening sequence of Crystal Skull. Yeah, or what was it? It doesn't do a whole the lot to help, uh, to help him out. I like the you refrigerator know? scene. That's what I like. I don't even mind that. What I, what I mind is that these bad guys bluff the entire movie. Mm-hmm. That she's got psychic powers. Mm-hmm. That she's going to kill someone. Mm-hmm. She doesn't kill anybody that's close to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, doesn't have, she doesn't have any proof of psychic powers. Mm-hmm. And he buys it. He mm-hmm. plays a dope. Mm-hmm. He plays a cowardly dope the entire movie. And then he's got nine tagalongs who all delude. Like they dilute what he's do- like his role. Yeah. No, no, no. Singular hero doing singular badass stuff. Maybe with a Maid Marian or something like that. But I will say this. And then, and then Kate Flying Saucer was hot. Yeah. There you go. For a uh, Rusky who only says she has psychic powers mm-hmm. and you never see. I mean, come on. But she's pretty to look at. Oh, I come love on. Kate Blanchett. No, she's love. great. And that's why, that's why I thought she was kind of slumming in, 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 for that one. Yeah. They should put she, you in that movie. So it's like one of, those, one of those like Russian villains you would have done mm-hmm. there. Mm. Let's just try and put you in every movie. We're going to start a web campaign of our own. Um, all right, Doug, Doug, you've been. I'm putting you through the ringer here on this Geekscape. Um, so, guys, actor Doug Jones is his Twitter. Yes. The book is called My Very Own Book. It's phenomenal. You it's look- intensely impressive. Thank you. Put it on your coffee table. It will get you laid. <laughs> well, hey, if, come on now! If your girlfriend likes clowns and mimes, no, I'm trying to get them a girlfriend. Oh, God, it's yeah. big enough that you can hit a girl over the head with it and drag her back to your place. That's it. That's it. <laughs> if she's walking through a and through then when a she wakes up and sees it with her a, Twitter, yeah, when she wakes up and sees it's a mime book, she'll go, "Oh, he's artsy. He's sensitive. Oh, I think I do love him." Yeah. So, uh, you guys, if you pick it up on Amazon, it's forty percent off right now. Yes. Right. Yes. So it's a twenty-seven dollar book, but you know you can pay what fifteen, sixteen, fifteen something for it. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Um, and of course, you want to you want to follow Doug's stuffed animal on Twitter too. At Zeke Dog. At Zeke Dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, what's the next movie we're going to see you in? Next, the next time you can see Besides Neighborhood Watch. Like this neighborhood summer, Watch is July 27th. And after that, I'm hoping it would be John Dies at the end, I would think. Uh, there's also a few more coming up. Uh, gosh, I've done so much that's in the can. They're not going to try and release that for horror? I mean, once they get a distributor, you think a distributor might be able to, eh, maybe like a September, August release would be good for John Dies at the end? Uh, I would think so. I would hope so. You know? Um, mm-hmm. Pre-horror glut. Mm-hmm. But after like all the... the, the you know, when did they release uh, Bubba Hotep? Uh, that's a good question. Because I think it was in that same window. Was it? Either that or it was January. It would make sense. 
yeah. you know. But I want to see that movie pretty badly. I do too. And hopefully I, we can get yeah. Don on the show. But you know, uh, he's busy. He's busy. Oh, Don will come on. I, yeah, yeah, all in time. We'll, we'll get him. We'll get him. Uh, uh, but I uh, also uh, you can look for me in Rock Jocks with Felicia Day. Uh, uh, I, I had my, my my year with Felicia Day. You know, Rock Jocks is um, uh, a team of people, uh, scientists who shoot asteroids out of the sky before they hit the Earth. It's a secret government operation. Is it a web series? No, this is a feature film. Uh, it's like a Sci-Fi Channel movie. What is this? No, it's made. It's a, hopefully, hopefully it'll have a little theatrical run before it goes to DVD and the rest. Uh, Rock Jocks. Rock Jocks. Who I mean, else no. is in this? Okay, so <laughs> like interrupting you yeah, all over yeah, the place. Andrew, uh, that's all you do is interrupt. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, Felicia Day, uh, Andrew Bowen from Mad TV. You've got, uh, uh, gosh, I didn't review this before. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Justin Chan from uh, Twilight series. Okay, he, he's a, a funny kid. You should have played a uh, werewolf. You should have played a werewolf in Twilight. Eh, but werewolf? Are you kidding me? Because I, I got the abs. For I that? don't know. I do have great abs for a skinny guy, but I'm a skinny guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be, uh, no, I'm more vampire-ish. Okay. Yeah, I'm tall. You should have been in Underworld. And then, and who really else? <laughs> and, uh, 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 oh, 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 the, uh, the fellow from India who was in uh, uh, the 40-year-old version. Um, who was that? Oh, he's he, hilarious. He's hilarious. And, and the names are not, oh, shoot. We know. We know. Because I wasn't reviewing this. Ahead of that. And you guys are shooting asteroids out of the sky. Yeah, but I play. So it's, space, it's, like, um, it's like Meteor. It's like uh, Missile Command. Sort of. Okay. Right, yeah, yeah. And there's some a lot. It's action. There's suspense, and the you know the world is in peril. Uh, I play the alien who helped them set this up. Uh, so I'm a government secret, and I live under the ground in the headquarters of the Rock Jocks uh, team. And uh, uh, so, and my name is Smoking Jesus. Because Jesus, this thing isn't going to be terrible, Doug. It's not going to be terrible. This Rock Jocks thing. I think like, it's it gonna, sounds silly, man. It sounds silly. It sounds silly, and it is. But in a good uh, way. But in a good way. Not yeah. like in a way that was like Sci-Fi Channel, right? I think it'll be funny. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's it better gonna, not be. It's not going to be Sci-Fi Channel cheap looking. It's going to be. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So it can be our favorite movie because it sounds be, like it, if it, it it sounds like it's got a fine line to walk, and if it nails it, it's it our nails favorite. It, then, right, it's a, exactly. then it's our favorite movie. Now, mind you, I haven't seen a, a, a final edit yet or anything. I just did it, my ADR voice looping about a month and a half ago. Uh, and the scenes I saw were hilarious. So I, let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. Okay. Uh, I also did we're going to support it. You, yeah, you are. Yeah. I also did a post-apocalyptic movie called Dust of War with uh, Gary Graham from Alien Nation. And uh, 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 uh Uh-oh. oh, this, why am I? Why am I? I don't know. My names today. Curses. Um, What's it about? It'll come to you. It will come to me. It's sort of, think Mad Max. Uh, right. We've got good guys on the run from bad guys through this dusty, uh, run-down world. And, um, and I, I get to play a merry minstrel in a... In a, in a <laughs> yes, we're, we're this, this, t- this traveling tent camp of, of entertainers that are trying to make light and happy in this awful world that we're living in now. You're delusional. Yeah. You guys are no, crazy. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So our, uh, so our uh, Tony Todd... That's it, Tony. Love Todd. Tony. Oh, Candyman! Yes. Candyman, yes. He is—he's kind of like the the leader of our of our tent camp minstrels, and I'm like his right hand guy. Love Tony Todd. And uh, we had a ball making this. We did it, filmed it in South Dakota last summer. Beautiful, beautiful. But first time director Andrew Keitlinger wrote a script that that made me lust after being in this movie. I was like, I have to be in this one. Cool. Yeah, good kid, and a smart. He kid. found you on Twitter. <laughs> no I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I don't know. Yeah, I forget. But it was one of those. Uh, I get a lot of uh, people on Twitter and Facebook going, "Hey, where do I send a script?" 
And I'll, I'll entertain that. I'll look and because you never know when you're going to see a dust of war that you want to be in, you know? Right. So hopefully that, that's out. Hopefully that'll come. They'll do, uh, that's not done yet. It'll probably do the festival circuit first, and then we'll see from there. Uh, I, I did a movie called Innocence Blood. An all Asian cast. It takes uh, place in like the Korean LA community, and I play one of three white people in the entire movie. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm uh, the police detective, uh, with a, a glued-on mustache and some glasses, and I looked very Commissioner Gordon-ish. That's uh, good. In that, so uh, that's a fun one. And uh, so there's more. There's more. But then again, if you uh, if you guys are at WonderCon, Doug will either have his own table or come visit Geekscape. Mm -hmm. And then he's got a screening of my name, my name is, is Jerry. Jerry, no, that be, night. I haven't plugged in which day that is yet. Yeah, but, we don't uh, know yet. But, we'll, uh, but if, you're, if you're going to WonderCon, uh, look for the program and see when mm -hmm. that my, my Name is Jerry screening might be. Cool. Uh, and, and, and it's also available on the Netflix and the Hulu if you're not a, a West Coast person that can get to WonderCon. Well, guys, that's Geekscape. We love having Doug here. I love being here, too. Seriously, this has been a great time. And <laughs> this is my third time on your show, by the way. First time was, was at, oh, the interview at, uh, at Wizard, Wizard World, World LA. LA years ago. Crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So anyway, thanks for having <laughs> me back. Thanks, Doug. And the book again, my own, my very own book. You want to get it off of Amazon because it'll be a little cheaper, but it's also worth the $27, and it's an awesome book. So thanks, guys. Stay tuned for more Geekscape in the next couple of days.